Welcome back, everybody. Emerge Podcast, episode 28. Um, another guest for you today. So just before we introduce Cammy, uh, or Cameron, is your Sunday name, um, we'll just do a wee bit of housekeeping, <laughs> as usual. So um, just to say thanks to everybody for, for listening, subscribing. We've had a few more subscribers since the last episode. Um, so I just continue to subscribe on YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as our social media. So we've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. Hunters, we'll get absolutely everything, Cammy. You would no believe the pipes. That <laughs> I'll get, I'll get subscribing on a lot of them. <laughs> that's good, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, think just people listening to you, Gavin. You, you, you're becoming like a force on the internet. People, you're going, go subscribe, and they're going, are you okay? No, yeah, <laughs> no, right. no, no, definitely not. I'd like to think so, but maybe in the next couple of months, mate, we'll, we'll be there. Or thereabouts. Even if I get thereabouts, I don't need to be there. You know what I mean? Well, anyway, I'm just be there. I know you're rabbling. I know I'm talking shit now. So, talking anyway, uh, on to Cammy, on to the main event. So, we're joined today by Cammy McDermott, um, who is a sports scientist, first and foremost. Your career as a sports scientist, um, and you're now a personal trainer as well. Um, working out, well, yeah, I take it a freelance personal trainer. I just got freelance just now, just so, just as I've sort of just started it up, so just still finding my feet in that industry, I suppose, but. Yeah. Um, aye. Brilliant. 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 Just now. We've, we've broke a rule for three podcasts ago saying that we're, we're done with PTs and that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special occasion, mate. It's a special but, occasion. But, so, are you, are you a doctor or are you just are you just Cameron? Just playing, just playing on Cameron, aye. What do you prefer, no, Cammy or Cameron? Cammy. prefer Cammy. Everyone, everyone okay. knows me as Cammy. I always introduce myself as Cammy. So, right. yeah. so Cammy, main question you still a Celtic fan? I've got nobody paying my wages now, so uh, everyone that knows me, they always ask, but what team do you support? Because I bought for a few clubs, and I always refuse to answer whoever was paying my wages. So that's it. That's 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 me. That's my kind of guy. Man for hire. Man for hire. Um, so I we'll, we'll just dive in. Uh, first of all, what we normally do, I guess, Cammy, is just to kind of go back to growing up and then talk about like sort of education stuff, like that, what you've done to get to where you are, um, and then we'll dive into, like you said, some of the, the the football clubs and stuff like that that you worked with. So first of all, so you grew up in Kirky, is that right? Yep, I just grew up in Kirky Tillet, so cool. So you were, so you were destined to be shite at football then. Aye, definitely. Oh, to be fair, there's a I've few. Uh, there's a few. Um, I missed that joke here. Yeah. What's the joke? I was, it was just a wee joke, mate. I said you, you were destined to be shite at football. Then. Aye, but is everybody in Kirkie shite at football? There's a few boys that have done all right themselves, <laughs> but now I'm not one of them. So. No, no, I'm only kidding. But uh, Charlie McGrew's for Kirkie, isn't he? Aye, Charlie McGrew. Scott, oh, great. Um, Scott Brown, but no, no, Celtic. Scott Brown. Scott Brown plays with Peter Head. Um, Greg Wilde. Ah, that's uh, Craig Halkett, is it Hearts? Just is he, aye? Aye. Craig Halkett. 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 Murdered at that. No, anyway. no, not at all, mate. Yeah, that's um, all right. So it was actually basketball was the main sport I played when I was younger. Oh, uh, really? through, through high school and into, you know, right up until I started working, really. So sure was. basketball was my game, but uh, it was just kind of by accident I ended up working in football. And then it's just the way 
ended up being my career. You've how, got how big are your hands, Cammy? How big are you? So you follow the NBA and stuff like that? You've been following all that? Aye, so I like it's the biggest league for basketball, so yeah. I do follow it, but I don't follow it as much as I used to. Um, I just, more, now it's more just about playing rather than su- supporting any like team. Supporting I, I like the Miami Heat before they signed the Glory Days. Games, just to stress, just to stress that. Just oh. to stress that. I was that. Glory Hunter. I know, I can't lie. I played uh, basketball as my main sport growing up, so. Because like, you're quite tall as well, eh? Were you like 6'2 or something? Uh, that's, that's small. That's one of the small guys for, for uh, is, basketball. She's just, just on that as well. I watched that uh, because I'm like, I mean, I'm pure obsessed with David Blaine just now, right? I've been watching all his videos and all that and all these tricks and and there was a... Uh, did you see it? It's good, isn't it? No, I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it? Oh, I thought you said you seen it. Uh, so, highly impressive. Highly impressive. But I watched, a, I watched a video with David Blaine um, and he was doing a trick to all the... I can't remember what team it was. It was an NBA team anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Blaine's quite a tall guy, yeah? Like, he's like six foot two, six foot three, something like that. He's quite <laughs> a big guy. I'd say six... Six foot and above is a normal height for anybody. See if you're below six foot. Because you two are above six, six foot. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, but I've seen a video of him and my missus as well. She was like, look at this size. Because like, they, they must be about seven foot plus, eh? Most of them. Easy. Uh, well, there's Probably a lot of monsters up Because they made David Blaine look like me standing next to Kenny. So, <laughs> no. You tell Kenny. I'm about six foot, mate. Aye. Yeah. I feel like see if you hit the six foot, you don't really know. You don't really know what height you are if you if you're six foot because Gav knows his height to like the millimeter. Oh, of course. I'm I'm six foot. I think I'm like six six foot and a half, so I just round it up to six one. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I did. All the difference, it? (laughs) I love that. I need to buy some nice. Like so trainers. I so I look a wee bit tall, but But you are a beautiful human being. Look at you. Look at that hair. Right. Anyway, yeah, you're beautiful as well. You're beautiful as well. Ah, so back, yeah. You're just trying to get subscribers now. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right, so, how did the whole kind of sports science thing come about then? So obviously you went to uni um, to do it. So was it just because you were you, you kind of involved fitness? You, you liked fitness. You are involved in sport and stuff like that. Was it just a kind of natural stepping stone? Or? It's one of those ones. I knew I wanted to. I didn't really, in high school, I didn't really have a clue what I wanted to do. Um, I remember when I was, I think I was 14 or 15, I was in the sort of Basketball Scotland national setup, and at one of the camps, they had a, a sports psychologist there, a guy called Dave Hess, who worked at a, um, like a high school, like IMG Academy in Florida. It's like a big sort of sports school out there. And he came over and he was doing sort of just psychology stuff, and he was talking, talking about his job and the places he'd been in. The, players he'd worked with and all that across different sports and I thought that sounds that sounded cool mm-hmm. um, when, I, when I quickly realised I wasn't good enough or tall enough to go professional <laughs> basketball I thought I had to go and uh, find something else to do so I'd, and I applied for sports science not really knowing what it was um, and I didn't even didn't even actually was lucky to get in because I didn't even meet my condition for uni so Thankfully, I uh, right. applied to a few places in Be- Edinburgh Napier <laughs> University, so I must have took a bit of sympathy on me and let me in. And but thankfully, it turned out to be really good. And if I if I could go back now to pick anywhere in the world to go, I would still go there because it was a great uh, it was a great place to learn for a start. Really hands on, really applied. So 
but I, I didn't really know um, what sports science was. I just knew I sort of wanted to work in sport and uh, a bit of a shot in the dark, really, to be honest. See, when you... Because that's like the, the... When it comes to Scotland, that's like the, the sporting uni of Scotland, isn't it? Like they do everything. It's not Aye. just like they do certain things. I know a lot of people, well, when we were at college, you guys, that was the kind of... If you get to Edinburgh and you play, it was a really good... So you didn't go to college or nothing? You just... No, I just went straight in. I just went straight into first year, I. Um, I think Stirling Uni was the other one I, pl- I applied to, but they didn't let me in. So, um, so you were quite an intelligent individual when it, you were at school? Like, did you come up with... Not really, no. I came up with a couple of hires. I think I've got higher PE, higher English, higher maths, and computer that's history, I think. So. Very, I, I, that's, that's much higher than me, anyway. grades. Like, so your grades are like your height and my grades are about Gav's height. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about your height anyway. I'm past it, mate. The problem is, I spent most of the six years. I was one of the earlier ones that turned 18. Me and my best mate, Greg, he uh, turned 18 the same time as me. So the two ended up from March to whenever we sat exams, was a write off. So, uh, <laughs> what's the pub? What's the pub in Cuffkey? Because me and Gav went, what was that pub called? Puffer. The Puffer. Oh, the puffer, yeah. what, a, what, a, what a venue, man. <laughs> what was uni like then? So you were 18, you went to uni, first year, freshers, your story. I, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you, spend, you spend your first, the first two years, you mean the first three years, it was just a total write-off, so you just... Is it, is it that? Going, just, uh, I just, uh, midweek, every week, like, every week, the weekends, the weekends be your quiet time, do you know what I mean? It's the total, is it? when you're working, I, because so, <laughs> every night there's some, every night there's some on at this place, or... Someone at another bar or another club or pub crawls and pub golf, whatever else. So Edinburgh was a good place as well. Yeah. I didn't live there. I just travelled in um, because I was still enjoying playing basketball for the team I played with in Glasgow. So I just used to get the train in. But you quickly met people in that and everyone, there was always parties in people's flats or people's halls or that. So um, I feel as if, like, see, see when you're talking about that, like drinking and talking about maybe even like an excuse to drink, you would find an excuse to do something. I feel as if, Kenny, you would be the same. Like, I feel as if I've done this for the last five, six months. Obviously, we're in <laughs> lockdown, right? It was lockdown, mm-hmm. just enjoying it. But since I went back to work, it's like, so Monday, I'm like, oh, I come home from work, and I'm like, oh, you know, have a, have a beer. It's, it's Monday, it was a hard day, first day back. <clears> Tuesday, <throat> we've got a podcast, and I'm like, oh, I'll just have a beer on the podcast. Or maybe lay off it Wednesday, Thursday, and then it comes to Friday, I'm like, oh, it's Friday, I'll have a drink on Friday. Oh, Saturday's the weekend, and then Sunday's the last day before I go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree. I mean, it's just like a pure. It sounds as if I've actually been back working because uh, <laughs> I've I've no, but I found that I get paid off, so I have a drink because I feel sorry for myself. <laughs> uh, I, I feel as if you get yourself like tiny, like new life sort of getting back into the, the swing of things. We're all rewarding ourselves. You know, I've done one day's work. <laughs> yeah, I, a drink. I, I, I know, definitely, well definitely. Well and done. Sammy, my missus as well. Like she. Uh, we finished work yesterday and she was like, oh, do you know, I've had, because she worked quite a lot of hours over the weekend. She's like, oh, cause I've had a hard weekend and on Monday she was like, go as a favour and jump in and get me a wee bottle of wine on the way home. And I was like, oh, right, okay. So obviously I had to pick up beers for myself for no reason. I had no intention of drinking. Is, and, is that because you wouldn't want to leave your good lady drinking herself? Because that's just rude. No, because I did. I went and watched the Celtic game, but uh, sorry, the Scotland game. But... <laughs> Celtic game. <laughs> Celtic daft man. Well, famous Cammy, mate. Cammy installed it in me. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I went, I um, talking about alcohol chat there, but I so you were in, you were in, in uni, um, and John loving the night suit. So, what was the actual course 
that you've done then? Is it just called sport science, like the different sp- levels? Sport and exercise science uh, was the, the full degree title. And um, obviously, there's lots of, I think it's a wee bit better now. It's a wee bit better uh, refined than when, it, when I done it. When I did it, there was a lot of stuff in it that probably wasn't that beneficial, relevant. but um, irrelevant. But now I think they've refined it a bit and it's, it's, it's pretty good. I think um, I'd quite like to go back and do a bit of lecturing, I think, um, oh, really? at some point. Just sort of share your experience. See, see, see for, in, a, in, a, in a few sentences, can you define what a sports scientist is? Because they're everywhere now. They're absolutely everywhere. It's such, so a, it's, it's such an umbrella term. So if you're a sports scientist under this umbrella, you can be like, for me, for me, the main the main thing would be fitness coach. Should be just be it's just a the fitness coach sums it up. You're, if you're a sports scientist, but you know there's the, the things that make up sports science would be like physiology, so exercise physiology, mm-hmm. all, your tra- all your training stuff, nutrition, uh, strength and conditioning, psychology biomechanics so things that's there's so, lots of other sort of wee disciplines that you could specialize in that may come under the come under the term but it's um, kind of like overqualified personal training pretty much like, yeah. I, I, I remember somebody said something in my basketball team called me that uh, <laughs> after I was doing it and I took umbrage to it but see now actually he's he's bang on <laughs> that's exactly oh, what well, you, if you're taking offense <laughs> I'm assuming you've learned about the energy systems and muscles where they are what they do and x y and z and what you're a PT and when you're doing a PT and watching the whole all or nothing thing, I was. Surely, you, do you know do massage and all that as well? I mean, if you were to go down, you could sort of because it's so broad, you could probably specialise, go down into like other areas. So I think a lot of people uh-huh. went did so sort of sports therapy and that sort of stuff. I went on to physiotherapy degrees, and um, so they would probably. Done that. I mean, I, I actually did do a bit of massage when I I moved through Edinburgh for my last year. And right. I did a course at uni just for, and then I ended up getting a job, so I fucked my head up there. Yeah. Ended up getting a job <laughs> in a physical <laughs> clinic. <laughs> uh, and I got a, job, a wee job in a physio clinic, just doing some sports massage. Because I think at that time, at that time, I sort of, I'd probably had my heart set on going and becoming a physio. Um, mm-hmm. When I was sort of third year, going into my fourth year at uni, and I, I'd probably had my heart set on, I wanted to be a physio. So I went and got a job in a physio clinic, a private clinic in Edinburgh. Um, doing sports massage therapy and it was brilliant, it was good, learned a lot there and the, the, the physios that worked there were really good and it was really good for seeing how a business like that worked as well, um, which I'm probably drawn on a bit more now that I'm having to do that sort of stuff but um, just one day, I can't remember what it was, but I just sort of thought I don't really want to go and do that anymore, I'm trying to think, what, a guy, a guy called Alan McCall who's like a, he's a researcher in sports science but he's worked at Celtic, worked for the Australian national team, he's worked for, he's, I think he's at Arsenal now, doing more more research based stuff but he is... Um, they're, they're fucking riddled with injuries aren't they? Right. Arsenal's like injury list so is horrendous man. He, came in, he was an ex-student at the uni and he came in to do a talk to the, the postgraduate students and I can't remember how the lecturer, I wasn't a postgraduate at the time but the, guy, the lecturer let me go and listen to him and then... Um, just after listening to him, I thought actually that's the kind of area I want to go down and sort of do the working with players and being on the tools and working with clubs and 
doing the fitness side rather than the physio side. Yeah. So I think that yeah. was the moment when I decided that was the... I think it's more than... See, see that sort of banter and like camaraderie you've got and that sort of environment as well. It's probably, yeah. I'd imagine it's so different to the it's other brilliant. avenues. It is you know brilliant. It's like, it's, like, it's like no other job you could ever be in. Like It's just... Especially some of the clubs I've been at as well have been, been really good for that. And uh, uh, it's just... It's like, there's none of it. It's like anyone, you argue with people in that and you do for it, but just because there is that sort of no rule, sometimes it's a bit, as long as you, as long as you, I think like the football scene as a whole, there's just such a great area where how people conduct themselves within the club. I feel like there's like, even the just now, just for talking sake, Alfredo Morelos, like the way he conducts himself, if that was anybody else in a normal working environment, like, how many disciplines <laughs> can I get yet? Like, <laughs> did you do a lot of the like, the mindset stuff when you when you were studying? I did, I So there was a lot of psychology work as well, and that's really interesting. I think for because it's so as so I mean, it's so, like everyone's mind is different, and it's that like you see the things like the the Michael Jordan thing, the Last Dance thing. Yeah, well, that, that so thing was like, like so competitive, so just so driven, yeah. and then. You know, not unfortunately, not not every player or every person. Because it's not just the staff; it's not just the players that need to be strong-minded. It's the staff as well, and other people about the club. Because when things go well, it benefits everyone. But when things go bad, it's not just the players that that um, suffer or miss out. It's everybody suffers. Right? Club, so that's always a weird thing I find when when people like when a, a club's not doing well. So say for just take just say for example Celtic just now, right? Because oh, used to support them. So. <laughs> If, uh, let's just say for talking sake, Celtic will lose the next five games, right? Neil Lennon gets sacked. How much, like, how much of a an impact can a manager really have on players? But I get obviously people can not like them or whatever, know what to play for them. But do you know what I think ultimately it comes down to the players? Well, I think nah. managers, the managers, massive. Like some, they all, they all know. Like you don't become a manager. I, I don't think by not understanding football I think sometimes it just comes down to the, the, the main job of a manager is just trying to get the best out of the players I mean and that's really where a lot of the time the success success comes from I've been really lucky almost all the, man, all the managers I've worked for have been been really good in that in different ways different ways of doing it but they've all managed to get um, the best out of the players in front of them and it's that's really where the challenge comes it's not about tactics or um, anything else it's just do Get the best out because some of yeah. some the leagues at Kilmarnock and clubs like that they don't always have the best players in the league, so you know, they, they, tap that, they can tap into the team's like, morale and like, even when the character uh, of the players the, as well. Aye, uh, like the man, the man City, like all or nothing. Just we're going to go back to you, Cammy. We're going to talk about the teams that you've been to, but just because I'm watching this all or nothing thing. Feel it's all or nothing. I need to see this meal or whatever. <laughs> uh, when David. David Silva's missus gave birth like, really, really early and David Silva had to go to Spain and Pep's in the change room that day and he's giving the players and he's screaming he's like, today we play, we play, we play for David, we play for David, we play for, and he's saying yeah. about the missus and he's like, we play for them, we win for them, like, nothing else matters, like, this is, he's our family and it's just that way he kind of brings them all together and it just, I feel like that makes everybody else want to play so much more and it just yeah. touches something in people and He's always nah. going like, I'll back you in the media, like, till the day I die, but mm. in here, I will be 
fucking honest and tell you your shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's no think, other graces. It's, I think that one for you is it's in the family. Yes, that's what it's like. Yeah, it's like a family, and every club's like its own family. And like every family in real life, there's things that happen, or there's people in the family that uh, maybe have problems or. Um, you don't like? Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that. So, so what clubs, would, what, what's all the clubs you worked at, and then we'll go through them. So, for, for when you started? So, I started at, um, well, it was Rangers, it was Rangers Ladies, it was the first one that I sort of started doing. And then from there, I went into the Youth Academy for the boys' team. So, it was Rangers Youth Academy, and that was sort of part time. And then from there, it was which I've been slaughtered for, and I'm still good. I still do get slaughtered for it. I went from Rangers to Celtic. Um, Celtic. Oh, you like a, like a Kenny Miller then? Like, aye, Kenny Miller. Aye, that's fine, man. Um, and then so it was it's Rangers to Celtic, and then that was only fixed term. Uh, and then from there, I was at Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock Youth Academy and reserves. And then from there to Dun- most recently Dundee, Dundee first team. So, um, so the commanding one was a bit when I was when I was in uni, um, doing my master's degree in Glasgow. I was sort of I was working with Rangers ladies, and then just through things that were happening at Kilmarnock, they needed a, a fitness coach after the manager. The manager and the fitness coach at the time left the club. They weren't doing very well, so my supervisor was close with the physio at Kilmarnock and. Um, he, he knew my, my involvement at Rangers Ladies and Rangers Youth Academy and he sort of said do you want to go in and give Kilmarnock a hand so that was my first sort of involvement at first team level and then um, then I got the Celtic thing and then and it was sort of back to Kilmarnock so um, the Kilmarnock thing like how old, how old were you then? I don't know it's rude uh, yeah, I think How's that taking a first team in a fitness I was hitting myself, eh? <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye. Actually, Cammy, see, one of the things, I don't know if you, you've had this as well, so one of your good mates, uh, Kenny Doogie. Doogie, beautiful Dougie. human being, man. Beautiful guy. So Doogie worked, he was a um, a physio, he'd done a bit of physio and sports massage at Dumbarton. Aye. I don't know if you've had the same sort of involvement, right? So he said, there was I can't remember the manager, but he said one day he went in and someday... They were shot for numbers at training, and he, he made so Doogie's never played a day a game of football in his life. So no, no interest. <laughs> he has. Is he not? No, he's, no, he's not. Uh, fit lad as well. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> so Doogie said that um, the manager said to him, "Like, <clears throat> all I need you to do is somebody will pass the ball in, you lay the ball off. I think it was like a shooting exercise or something." Like that. Doogie's like first ball, somebody fucking whizzes it into him and it's like running under his foot. <laughs> Next one, he's taking a touch and it's went away to the right and it's away to the left. And he's like, fucking hell, this is so embarrassing. Did you ever have been like that? Would have made you definitely have. I think I've had <laughs> Rangers, Celtic, Kilmarnock done. I've had it all of them, I think. <laughs> I, I, I just made it clear for the start. I was like, listen, I'm the worst player you've seen in your life, but let's just, just do what we need to do and then get it done. <laughs> the ball yeah. bo- comes out of Cam and he picks it up and he's like, Jump shot. <laughs> so, sorry, Gav, I've got, I've, I've, sorry, Gav, as well. I've, I've got beautiful beers with me. Oh, well, let's see this. Um, oh, well, look, this. look at that. Oh, I, got, I, got, I got this for Father's Day. Look. Bottle up included. It's just it's failed miserably at its job, man. <laughs> I opened that beer there and it just went all over the floor. It's smashing. 
Get it taken back. I know. I'm surprised but, that Father, so how long was Father's Day? That was June, wasn't it? So how have they I take it the beers have they been since June? Because you would have drunk them. You no, I've got them a day, Paul picked me up with the day. I've been using my keg machine. I've been using my keg machine. Sorry. Oh, Kerry's fancy, he's got a he's a pipe porn I'm machine. A, I'm a hoity troity, you know. <laughs> but anyway, Kerry. Sorry. Did you I take so, part in the ladies' game? Like the ladies' games then? You ever had to take part and you found it like, with, with the good? Ladies were brilliant. They were all um, yeah. very good, just really good footballers. And the work with the ladies was brilliant because they, there's less attitude with the girls as well. They just sort of, they're, they're there because I think especially it's not as, ladies football's really taking off in Scotland now and it's, so much. it's brilliant. And um, the national team does doing brilliant. A lot of the clubs are doing brilliant. When I was there, it was sort of a little bit less professional. So the girls were all there because they wanted to be first and foremost. Do you know what I mean? They all wanted to be there and they were happy to be there. So with that comes more of a, they're just more, they're very professional, but it's, I don't know what the word would be. They're just, you just get less attitude with them. There's less attitude in the games as well. They're a lot more honest when they play. Do think it's like a, almost a respect thing? Like, Aye. If you imagine like a guy, like a guy's football, the some of the some of the stuff that gets said is real close to the bone. There was much less ego. We weren't. There's a lot of entitlement when it comes to players, like male players, when it comes to footballs. But that's what I found watching all this stuff on Amazon. So I, I just ask is there was the other day I read that the English females and male, the English females, I and the English males in the international level are all getting paid the same money now. There's no. Oh really? Uh, aye. There's no. Um, at international level. Uh huh. Yeah. I. I of course. Come on. They're, um, they're, I think they're definitely leading the way with that sort of stuff. But um, hopefully Scotland. Scotland. You know, the money. The money it always does come down to money, unfortunately. But I'm glad. It's good to see the ladies' game is getting better support and is generating more support from that. Sky. are massive, aren't they? Right. It's good. It's just. It's good because it's. It's getting, you know, young girls that probably like football and maybe never seen it as a something they could do. It's actually giving them the chance that they can see that they could go and make a living out of it or play it at a high standard. And it's not it doesn't just have to be just for just for boys. Do you know what I mean? But honestly, a lot of the girls were at the time. I was obviously with the ladies and the youth academy, and some of the girls were unbelievable. Like they were really, really good. They're really talented players that you would. If you were to mix teams, the only thing that was holding back is just the boys were bigger and stronger and faster. Right. But on a technical level, some of them are just as good, if not better. Do you oh. watch golf? You do, watch, I? Play it very badly as well. See how, like, ladies golf, apparently, if you're wanting to improve your swing and improve your golf game, that's that's what you should watch because <laughs> technically, and their technique is, like, predominantly far better than the men's because it needs to be <coughs> the distance and the courses that they're playing on. Hmm. I just think when it comes to the women's game at some point, I think there will be that transition where it, women will be the one to watch when it comes to the technical, like free kicks or crossing the ball. And right. need to use as, as much energy well, as possible, but it needs to be. I think um, a, lot of, a lot of men and boys are able to <coughs> get by with their, their physical stuff, and they may not be as good, but they can they can knock the ball and you know go and catch up, catch up with it. But, the girls will never really have that same sort of flair, I don't think. So, um, yeah. I think if you're going to showcase technical ability, especially to a young player, whether it's a boy or a girl, there's 
definitely shows them there'll be a lot of female players out there that are yeah. really good models. You see, just talk about golf here, Cam. Your brother's quite a keen golfer, eh? I'm a older brother, Stuart. He's uh, that's his game. He's uh, Really he's a, what sort of level is he at? Because I've seen a few. I've seen his catty caddies for one of the Spanish. Is that a Spanish guy? So he's that's a bit of a funny one. So Stuart's level is just club level. He liked it. He probably likes to think that he's better than that. No, he is. Yes, Stuart's really good. He's really good at golf. Um, he's scratch. I think he's just above scratch. I think he must maybe two or three. Probably. Which is much better than I'd ever even hope to get to get at. Do you know what I mean? But. Um, uh, I don't uh, even know what scratch is. You don't need to. <laughs> As you were. <laughs> if you don't know, you don't know, Gav. Um, but he, uh, uh, so he's, he's friends with a, a guy that plays in the European Tour uh, from Portugal. I think it kind of just happened by chance, really. It's like this guy was coming and playing in the Scottish Open and stuff like that. And Stuart was, Stuart was his only fan. Basically, Stuart was like his oh. own. So everyone <laughs> else, everyone else was away watching Tiger Woods and DJ singing and everyone else. And uh-huh. Stuart, and my dad, Stuart's dragging my dad around watching uh, <laughs> watching Lima. Khalid Lima, his name is. So, um, and then just over time, they just became sort of. Khalid kept noticing that this this boy and his dad keep this boy. <laughs> and then just just because of that, they just became quite close. And then. Sadly, he got a back operation and he ended up losing his sort of card, his European Tour card. So mm-hmm. he had to drop down onto like the Challenge Tour, which is a sort of second division. And um, he was playing a tournament in Scotland and he asked Stuart to carry Stuart caddy for him, just carrying his bag and giving him a hand. And <coughs> they were doing, I think they were like tied sixth or something uh, after a couple of days. They were doing really well. And then Stuart had to go on holiday with his pals. <laughs> oh, no. that, oh, that, I think he was like, I don't want to go. And my parents and I, I don't know what his pals were saying, but he, he didn't want to go. But I think even Lima was like, Nah, just go. And yeah, end up <laughs> he fell down the leaderboard after that. But ever since then, it's just I, I think he play. He'll go if Stuart will fly over to Portugal and caddy for him uh, once or twice a year. He's a bit, I think he's been to Hamburg and did it there as well. So he doesn't get. He doesn't. I don't think he gets any money from it. He just does it to help the guy out and. Uh, they're, 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 they are friends now, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's so amazing, man. And sure, it's a bit of a jet set as well, isn't he? So I'd imagine he would like be going away in these countries and. Uh, the most, the animal, I'm, the irony, he's the most boring, like. <laughs> he gets to go to all these places and I'm like, oh, tell me about the beers you had or the food you drank. Or the, and he's like, ah, nah, just a, just a burger, burger, and a, <laughs> a, burger and a lager. He's a corner every country in Europe, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, enough about Stuart, eh? We'll talk back about Cali. You, you um, brought him up. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, so must have been quite because Snow, like, you, you were quite a Boyhood Rangers fan. You're probably maybe not like a big fan, but you, Rangers were your favourite club growing up, yeah? Aye, they were, aye. 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 Well, my family, my dad, my entire, so my dad and my brothers are all. Back to Alan Stewart again. My dad and my brothers are all uh, Motherwell fans, so that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's about a black sheep in the house. But I was brought up a Rangers fan, and uh, but and it was amazing, like being able to work for them, and that was class. Like that's what I was going to say. It must have been a quite a like a surreal feeling getting to work for your boyhood club. Do you know what I mean? And sort of Murray Park and, that, and um, although it was a youth team, I was working with the youth squads, and st- it's still amazing. Like just. Aye. The facility and 
the club, but it was good. That, but it made you work hard as well because there was a lot of expectation. There was a lot of staff there, a lot of good staff as well. So the people that I worked under, um, again, Jamie Ramson was my boss. He's still there. But the other sort of sports scientist at the academy, look, he's at Man United now, I think. So wow. that's the kind of standard of staff that I'm having working there. So it's brilliant for for a personal point of view for me working there and learning from those guys was unbelievable and then but just again just being in and about the club and getting to know the people that work there and it's not just the coaches and it's, it's the other people like the security guards are on the doors are, yeah. are like legends you know what I mean there's yeah. even I've been up there a few times since and you're still welcomed in do you know same with the the sort of head of the academy like the relevant heads of the academies and all that they're all just great good good coaches but great people as well who were some of the players that were kind of coming through? Was it wee Billy Gilmore and stuff like that? Was he? Yeah, so I think Billy was in under 15s or under 16s when I was there. Um, but he got pushed up a bunch of age groups because he was, because he was good. So good. He made like Tadapo, Mabudi, and Nathan Parson, and um, Josh McPake, and boys like that as well. Um, yes, the young ones that are sort of Matthew Shields, Lewis Mayo, the ones that are sort of coming in now are the ones that were, were young when I was working with them. Yeah, Cammy Palmer, Danny Finlayson, and ones like that. So. You're the reason why. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who was, the, who was the manager when you were there? Who was managing the team? It was Mark, well, it was Mark Warburton, who was the manager when I was there. I never really had anything to do with the first team. I think I, I used to see him a few times. I remember walking in, I was walking down, the sports science office used to be sort of down where the first team training was. So I remember one time, I, I think it was a Friday night, I was walking in, going down ready to do my, do my session. He was walking past these golf clubs, ready to go for a Cheers, mate. Aye, definitely. Never quite surreal, though, that eh? Even just walking by, because we we had um, uh, Max Max. Ashmore, so he works for Rangers now in the scouting department. So he he was mentioning, like, walking in and seeing, obviously, Stephen Gerrard's a bit of a higher profile than Mark Warburton, right? But even no matter who the manager was at the time, even if it was Murray or if it was anybody, you'd still be walking by them thinking, it's mad. It's like the manager of Rangers. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Doesn't matter. Like you say, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just an aura sort of about them. So yeah. I was, I was pretty. I was just sort of keep doing fucking. Oh yeah. So I know you've said obviously you didn't have much involvement with first team and stuff like that. But was there any any sort of characters kicking about? Even like Kitmen or. Rangers, um, just really, uh, coaching staff, I'm trying. I mean, I just, just wouldn't just say characters, but just, I'm trying to think now. Because it's the youth, everyone was sort of, I think a lot of the youth staff were trying to keep a sort of professionalism uh, going <laughs> at the time. So that's <laughs> the time there was like no beards and all that, you couldn't, you weren't allowed to have a oh, really, coach. No, I remember some coaches set up the road for, because they weren't clean shaven and all that, so. Right, there's just good people like the guy Gary Gibson. I don't know if it's Gary Gibson, Kieran, guys like Kieran Riley, Max will know all these guys. Um, they're just great people. Who else was yeah. there? Alan Boyd, um, Andy Cook. There's just, I just lots of just, just, just good guys, good guys, good guys. Yeah. It was, you never felt that you were going to work. I never, never felt that job when I was there because I, and I was doing, a, I was always knackered because I was doing a bunch of us, my uni stuff, the commanding stuff, the ladies' teams. I was working in M&S part-time to get a bit of money behind me and I was like, wow, man. Um, shattered going into, you're pretty tired, but never felt like you were going to your work because I used to, you just got a real enjoyment of working with the players, yeah. working with the, the staff, it's good. 
Definitely. What was the whole clean shaven thing about? Is that because it's like a kind of traditional club? Like the I, can't. I don't know. I think it was just the... I want to intimidate the younger players, Gavin. <laughs> I think it was an idea just trying to set a standard or set a professionalism. I couldn't fucking grow a beard. So I, never, <laughs> I never had any problems, man. <laughs> what about... Um, imagine like Big Victor. Was it, who, was it Victor Banyama or, or who was the other boy? No, I don't know. I'm even thinking of Victor Banyama. Who's the man new striker? Lukaku. Imagine Lukaku turning up. Six foot four under the lemons. Can you shave? Have you seen that boy plays for Borussia Dortmund, the youth player? That's the guy that looks dead old. Oh, he's like 15, but he looks about 35. He's like six foot five. players and there's like players and they look 40 and they're like, I've got my certificate. This guy's a mountain man, like... No, everybody's a mountain to me. If they're Sorry, you always think you would get one of them at every age group. I just think you're uh, like... That's what we sort of get felt with a, a, a lot of beneficial on it, educating the players and the coaches, is that the youth players were... You have two 15-year-olds, but one's... Uh-huh. The last 17 or 18-year-old, and the other one's about a 12-year-old. Do you know what uh-huh. I mean? So, and it's just yeah, called, there's a thing in sports science called biobanding. <laughs> instead of grouping players based on their 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 age, their chronological age, it would be based off their, their biological age and what their, their body actually would be. So uh, yeah, different, yeah. a different way. We try to do that a couple of times, just um, organising in house tournaments mm. so you, with across all the academy squads. So the sort of ones that were a wee bit better developed were all training and playing against each other, and it let the the younger because. Ones that were a bit smaller at the time. Um, it was a big thing as well, just educating the heads of the academy and stuff on that, um, so that they didn't release players basically based on just because they were small at the time. Uh-huh. Um, just going to stick by them and give them the chance to develop before you start making decisions on that. Because hmm. I'm saying it was brilliant and it was like a, it was an amazing place to work. But at the end of the day, it was still somewhere where a lot of the players are trying to. Aye. Make-it-a-career-you-make-a-young-age-a-career-so-I-think-they're-in-income-I-think-they're-in-income-I-think-they're-in-income-I-think-they're-in-income-I-think-they're-in-income-I-think-they're-in-income-I-think-they're-in-
getting a bit more chances rather than just going, oh, no, you're too small. But uh, I think so. I think, I think it's um, definitely down south. There's a lot more, you know, it's not just... Up Scotland is still in its infancy a wee bit, although there is... Most clubs have got them now. So it's still a wee bit of a luxury to some teams, but um, most clubs have got them. Even, you know, down the divisions, it, you know, clubs like Queen's Park and stuff, they've all... Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's just at the youth academy, they've still got ones. Um, I think um, obviously in England you've got departments that are maybe four or five staff members and you can now go in really in depth and that's what you'll see on your sort of all or nothing stuff they'd be able to go into all sorts of yeah. areas to really ma- try and maximise what they get out of the players and, um, but I think it, it's definitely educated a lot on it's not as simple as just run, going for a run or if you're really trying to get the really try to develop players or uh, people then it's you need to sort of have a, a knowledge about the area and then I just you need know, to apply it as well though it's like because I think a big thing there's a lot of sports scientists that are good as well but lots of knowledge but if you can't apply that knowledge then and apply it to the the group you're working with whether that's the under 13s at Rangers or it's the first team at Bundee or Kilmarnock or wherever else then it's pointless, aye. It's redundant, aye. Definitely. I was watching the... Uh, I say that all, man, because I don't know if I've told you, I was, I was watching... It's an all-or-nothing podcast now, aye. I get a subscriber. We were talking about the... It was all the injured players, and it was like Benjamin Mendy. He was injured aye. for so long on it, and they took him into, like, a... hypoxia ch- chamber. <laughs> and they reduced the... I'm like, what's going on, man? You just kill a guy. That's really high. That's really high end stuff. You don't get that. That was madness. Uh, Dundee, no, was that not? Not quite, man. Don't know if you've seen that one, but he's on you go. Sorry, I'm just going to say. I'm just going to talk about it there because that's all I do. <laughs> so, moving from Rangers to Celtic, right? In my opinion, the biggest, the biggest derby in the world. Uh, how did you get a bit of stick? I slaughtered, man. Did you? No, no, you slaughtered. I. Most of my friends are Rangers fans, um, and even the ones that aren't Rangers fans were slaughtering me anyway. So. Um, <laughs> I think you, you were the only one that was happy about it, Gav. Oh, I, mean, I was, I was, I was, I was <laughs> delighted, honestly. Well, you got the um, club is in good hands now. We've got Cammy. I did, mate. I knew. I thought that's so. Start, start a ten in a row. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, nah, I get slaughtered for it, but at, at the time, it was, it was the only thing I could do. I think even it, and I was really, I didn't even want to really leave Rangers to be honest, because I, I like I say, I loved going there. I loved working with the players and the staff. It was just if the club wasn't in a great position at the time when I was there, and so they weren't really able to do anything to keep me, sort of thing. Yeah. Could they pay your big massive wages? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that no, a big thing for leaving was it was just to get a full time job. Do you know what I mean? It was a full time, and I wanted to try being full time because I'd been part time at so many different places, uh-huh. and um, that that was that was a big thing for going just to get my foot in the door somewhere full time. It just so happened that it was at the. The biggest club in the country, pretty much at the time. Uh, um, I love how you say. I love how you say. Right, at the time, there, well rescued, <laughs> can uh, So, who was the manager? Was it Brendan? Was it Brendan Rogers? Yeah, Brendan Rogers. So I, I started there at uh, December. I started because 
training notes. I said, came in and he brought lots of his own staff and stuff. So the sports science department had a bit of a, a shake-up. Um, it's a big part of what he works on he and what is. he's done. So um, he brought with him some staff members and then they, they rejigged the department. And um, myself and another boy who was at Rangers, well, he's in Florida, he was with me. Uh, he was at Rangers as well. So the two of us um, actually went from Rangers to Celtic. Um, full time, basically just to get in full time. We went in, it's just it's just an assistant role, so it's just we're just both going as assistants to the first team, but just in, and a lot of it was just in a lot of leg work, um, prepping things for training and um, a lot of stuff to do with like the GPS and heart rate monitors that the players were doing, collecting all that data and information every day, training, dishing at protein shakes, dishing at prepping match hampers and stuff like that. It was, but it was brilliant it was really because like it was um, like out of date protein bars to them and try to sabotage. Meant to be. No. Uh, is it the interview process for that? What's the interview like? like is, is, it, is it quite intense or is it? I was shitting myself because uh, the guy, the head of sports science, is a guy called Jack Naylor and he worked at Real Madrid. So he'd, wow. he was at Real Madrid. He'd been at like Chelsea, PSG, and Real Madrid. And I'll, obviously, I, I speak knew a lot of English. I knew <laughs> And um, he interviews me. And I'm, so I'm walking in. I'm like, I can't believe I'm just a guy that's worked with the teams like that and the players like that, like Ronaldo's and all that, and Ibrahimovic. And you're like, is he just going to. Did you acknowledge that you knew him? Do you go, wow, I can't believe him? Wait. Because that would be quite, if I was that guy, I'd go, oh, well, that's cool that you, you know me. You, you're that like, you're like kind of guy, Kenny. You would walk in and say, fucking hell, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> that's, that's what people love, though. People love to get acknowledged, don't they, to, for their talents. So. Pretty sure Cameron ever walked in and went, oh, how are you doing, Mr. Naylor? Like, how's Ronaldo? <laughs> One second name that is, though, innit? <laughs> um, I was, I was just, I still get, I get nervous for a friend, to be honest, but um, I was particularly nervous for that as well, so. Um, but thankfully it went well and uh, my experience at the time just because I'd been at Rangers been at Celtic and been in about the Kilmarnock first team I think that was what helped me the most and when I'd been at Kilmarnock it was at the time when they were in the, the playoff with Falkirk so it was probably like back to the wall everyone was there was a lot of pressure on the club and the players and the staff so I think that my experience there was probably what helped me get the job at Celtic I think Jack just knew he was getting somebody that wouldn't be phased by being in a bit of first team and stuff like that. So right. I, think, I think sometimes as well for me is that because I'm not a massive football fan, I've not came from a massive background, I don't really get the starstruck or the, the stuff. If I was walking into a basketball team, like the Lakers, if I was going to work at the Lakers, I'd probably be starstruck. Aye. But to me, it's Just don't say Kobe Bryant, right? Game, right? <laughs> it's no longer worth it, unfortunately. So see, you went to like, Golden State. Would you be pure starstruck there? Would you like, like KD? Ah, he's big time. Curry and... yeah, man. Especially, yeah. especially because I think I was a, I used to think I was a good shooter, and then did you? The Splash Aye. Bros. Aye. Aye. <laughs> right. That's what they're called. Yeah, that's what that's what they're Because they do, they score so many three pointers. It's unbelievable. I, listen, I know Kenny. We've you've told that story twice now in the podcast, but I think Cammy okay. would like to hear it. Oh, when I done the Globetrotter thing. Aye. How's it? Cam, Cammy's an avid listener. He, he should know, isn't he, for me to tell a story? I'm sticking in that story. <laughs> I get deja vu there. I've told this story that many times. I, when I was in Melbourne, um, we were really friendly with a guy who managed to just wing a job into 
he was a tour guy with the uh, Hallam Goldfrotters. <laughs> and uh, we, we got free tickets to go and we were talking. He's like, the night before, we had a few beers. He's like, we just want to do the, like, the halftime show with any of his day. And I'm like, I'll do it. Because at college, we played basketball every now and then. And I thought I was really good. But <laughs> I'm in a class of 13, 14 people when it's like guys who play football or go to the gym were no great. So the halftime show comes about and the guy comes up and he's like, right, come on. And I'm like, oh, f- is that an arena? Like, an arena in the middle of Melbourne with the Harlem Globetrotters are like 5,000 people. And I'm like, all right, okay. But I was, I was a wee bit drunk. <laughs> so <laughs> then I go, walking down, this, this pasty Scottish guy <laughs> walking out. And, and as I'm walking towards like, the, the court, the Globetrotters are walking by me. And you kind of get a perspective of how short you really are when it comes to basketball I was so out my depth man <laughs> <laughs> so the guy the commentator like the the, could be the announcer the guy who's taking the kind of half time shows like this guy look at this guy and this guy's like where are you from like Scotland and he's like okay <laughs> where are you from like Melbourne they're like yay <laughs> so, so yeah, everybody else goes everybody else goes after me you need to do like a a layup uh a penalty shot, a three-pointer, and then let the go throttles there, a four-pointer for the half-court. Right. So I'm like, I could do the first three. This fourth one's going to be a bit of a pain in the ass. Oh, man. It was <laughs> dreadful. Like, so the layup's totally fine. And then I'm trying to get this, the 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 free-throw the free throw line. Right. So you get a minute. I'm about 40 seconds in, can I get a free-throw? And the guy's like, hey, guys, we got the fresh Prince of Bel-Air ball in the arena. And I'm like, oh, mate, like, look, I'm like, you <laughs> Get the free throw in, the three-pointer, and the time goes, and I'm like, this was dreadful, man, like, so bad. I was like to my mate, I thought you, like, this was all right. And he's like, well, am I should be here? I think, well, I'm pissed, man, I should be here. <laughs> <laughs> mate, there's got, there's got to be some sort of footage of that on YouTube, eh? Where you no, that, how did that look? I, 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 I was looking for that, and I've asked everybody else for it, because I'd have loved to have put it up. Were you Google People think I'm talking shit, and I'm like, no, I genuinely did it. No, but you've told the story three times now, and it's been the same every time, so that's when you know it's legit. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> that's the joke. The Fresh Prince of Bill called Pure Sticks, if we make, like... Aye, you can tell. devastation, man. But, uh, aye, there's got to be something. The Globetrotters won, just in case you're wondering, because... Yeah. games, them, name, <laughs> But aye, good story, mate. I like that story, Thanks, that's why I asked you to Just to bring my ego back to the ground, man. Um, see, just Can't... quickly, just going back to Kilmarnock, Cammy. Who was this? Who was the, was the end in the first team that's quite hard to work with? Or was everybody quite respectful in that? Well, we're still talking about Celtic. I, I've got loads of questions about Celtic. I've done with Celtic, man. He just no, came no, in no, no, protein no. shakes. Cammy, Cammy. Cammy, some of the players who were at Celtic at that time, so that was Brendan Rodgers' first year. He brought in like Scott Sinclair and stuff, didn't he? That was that. Yeah. Aye, yeah. That, so, who were some of the, the? Obviously, you were obviously first uh, first team training. Who were some of the players who you thought they are just unbelievable like, out of this level, uh, this world? Patrick Roberts. Oh, oh Paddy! Amazing, like just the, the ball was stuck to his foot, man. Aye. Uh, Tierney, Robert Tierney. Keaton Tierney was brilliant. I, I actually remember one thing: just something like how good he was. And it was almost sometimes that he didn't believe it either. Because I remember one time it was after training, and he was they were doing like a cross pass. He was just doing a cross pass challenge himself. And Brendan <laughs> Rogers was like, "I'll give you like fifty quid if you can hit the bar." And he, <laughs> he actually he, he, he actually thinks the bar for the cross bar. 
and it's the halfway, and then he's like double or nothing, and then he fucking does it again, and even <laughs> and Katie was like, oh, like shocked that he was able even able to get something. But um, oh, who else? Like, Brilliant. Tom, Tom Rogic, his foot was a, like a wand, man. Ah, it is, it is. Uh, what about, uh, how, how much does, because you hear a lot of stories, we, we watch like Open Goal and stuff like that, and you hear a lot of stories about it. I was going to say, Open Goal the other week, he actually mentioned you, eh? Like you said, like, you he did, aye. the <laughs> reason why he is where he is, like, he was like, ah, do you know, my career, be nothing without Cammy, like, <laughs> <laughs> you went shout out Cammy. I don't think he'd remember who I was now, to be honest. He was actually, and Katie was brilliant because he was just so down to earth. Like, he, and he, 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 like I think his girlfriend at the time was from Curtin Tillich as well, so he sort of knew oh. the area and that. So I don't know if I still together or not, but um, so we always, always had something to talk about. Do you know what I mean? What about. Um, He's in the puffer. Never got the puffer. <laughs> <laughs> what about. Because uh, you know a lot of stories, people talking about like Scott Brown's influence in training and stuff like that. He's such a laugh, and then when it comes to a game. He's just like a switch. Like, have you have you seen an example of that? Like, I think you, um, aye, I, there's a few ones actually that stick in my mind. And I remember, I'm just an assistant, so I was never really. I wasn't, it was only a small like I spoke to some players, but some players I wasn't really that close. And it's the same at every club, I suppose, regardless of your role. But I remember one time it was after training, and they were we used so we used to take the GPS stuff out, save you sort of the bonus, but used to used to sort of live stream the training so that whatever the distances or the speeds or the work the players were doing, you, you could see it. And they came after one day and they were like, some of it was a bit low, so they were, we'll do some we'll just leave it open to the players when anyone that wants to go and do some sprints, go with a fitness coach, the guy John Curry, who's brilliant as well. I learned a lot from him. Um and uh, just Scott Brown would go and he would just munch out just don't, these really? sprints, man. Like, no, just like a total machine. Just that again, he's somebody that's got that mindset. I think it's just right. he's going to work and he's going to do it the best he can. And I remember, but another time as well, if you talk about the influence he had, I remember it was he got a red card again. I think it was Ross County, and um, he was banned for a game or two game ban. So they used to shape up on a Friday. They would have the, the proposed sort of starting eleven against. The rest of the team. So obviously, Scott Brown would always be in that starting eleven, but yeah. because he was suspended, he wasn't in it. And they did like three sort of condition games, so it was like I think the first game, starting eleven, it was nil nil, and there was seven minutes left. And then the next one, it was you're defending a, a one goal lead. And then the last game was your one goal down, and they had to try and come back and win it. It was just sort of the conditions they would put on, and the starting eleven get pumped basically. Okay, and I think it, and it was sort of it was sort of unanimous about the staff that everyone was like, well, if, if Scott if Scott Brown was in the Stan Eleven team, that probably wouldn't have happened because at least he'd have been like, wow, man, just pulling the chains. You know what I mean? Pulling it, the is it a fear fact? Is it a fear factor, or is it like a you know, spurring everybody on, or is it a bit of both? I mean, I, I couldn't speak on behalf of the players. Do you know what I mean? But I think you need to. I think both, I, I, I was. Probably scared to speak to him a lot of times, but again, just you always find things you can speak to guys about. Because I lived, I studied in Edinburgh and I lived there for a wee while. I was able to speak to him about wee things like that, and he was always dead on to chat to chat to. But um, I did take training seriously. You know what I mean, did you just ever get? <laughs> did you ever get any of the boys like so? Maybe like KTE, who's like a diehard Celtic fan. Fed up a Celtic channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you ever get anybody like that kind of? 
did they ever ask you about like religious support and have a bit of banter that way? No, is it is it just <laughs> so I kind of get away because boy, because me and, and my, my mate William started at the same time. Willie, his name's William for a start, so. And Willie just with day one didn't make it any secret that he was a Rangers fan. <laughs> no Willie man, Willie got absolutely, he used to have to take it, and this is when, you know, Celtic didn't lose a game that year and they battered Rangers and all the old firms. And poor Willie gets slaughtered, you, you just had to, you had to take all the punches while I was just sort of blowing <laughs> my mouth shut. I, you've always got the, the thing you can fall back and say, ah, oh, don't, don't bother uh, with football, yeah, I'm no a fun. basketball man. Yeah, I think Willie's been able to get, uh, have a, he's getting a bit more real off now because obviously the Angels are starting to do a bit better against Celtic, but at the time, I think Willie took all the punches for me, thankfully. So. <laughs> she, just, she just on, on this year, just because we've spoke about Rangers and Celtic, if you know that you can predict, but if you had a prediction, what do you think is going to happen this year? Rachel Winnerly. Oh, Thanks for your input, Kenny. Back to the toilet. Uh, always listen to me. <laughs> so hard. I think um, you don't even know if see how the season's going to go. I think Celtic have oh. got a bit of catching up to do just because they've played less games because of the break, the COVID stuff. But so there, so I think there's a bit more pressure on you when you're chasing. Definitely. So I think Rangers will hope. Oh, I'll say Rangers. Oh. Just to be Rangers, Rangers will win the See how so you spoke about Willie and, and, and does he still have a job at Celtic? Or I know Willie's still there. I Willie was. I so Willie's an act. He's very very good. Because he's a Rangers fan, or was it because he's good at his job, or is it? Do you know what I mean? People are dead likable. Oh, he's brilliant at his job. So the job, particularly that job we were doing, like yeah. handling a lot of data, spitting out a lot of training reports and that stuff like that. And Willie was absolutely brilliant. I think he's somebody that's helped me a lot still. Um, brilliant, good. Yeah, so he's a. Uh, uh, he's still there, but I think that's what's just saying to Gav there. Kenny, I think he's getting a bit more of a laugh now because of all you heard. Don't you worry. <laughs> don't miss no, no, I don't miss nothing. But, um, no, it's I good though that he's still there and he can actually trouse them back. Aye. Nice to... You should go up. Do you still go up to like, wherever they train? I've not been. Um, I probably should. I think just now when I'm out of work, I probably would like to go up and just visit a few clubs, but I think it's just been a wee bit funny now with the. Covid uh, stuff, of course, but, um, but maybe I'll try and give some out and, and get back up to a few places. Just that, not even just the clubs I've been at before, but just uh, different ones just to see things. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's a good thing about football is that the community of it is quite tight knit. So, um, I, I, when I was at Celtic, I remember um, Paul Hartley and Jack Ross and that coming in to observe for a day when they they were weren't, weren't out of jobs. You know, managers do it and so do the staff like the physios and the sports science staff everyone's quite accommodating to get people into yeah, Gabby seeing you mentioned Jack Ross there uh, I don't know if you listened to Open Goal when Cy Ferry did an interview with Lewis Morgan and, uh, <laughs> he was saying that he was saying that Brendan and uh, Brendan Rogers and Jack Ross were like pure best buddies man like Jack Ross would always okay. come to I used to come to training like, all the time and watch Celtic train and Brendan Rogers would give him advice and all that it was fucking okay. mental Brendan Rodgers was good at that with a lot of managers, to be honest. He's, it's a good thing, though. Every uh, every couple of weeks, there would always be somebody that uh, would be coming up. I think he's... Um, because he's I think he just re- his way of working was fucking revolutionary up here, do you know what uh, I mean? Everyone sort of wanted to know the secret, and um, again, he's he just got the best he's, of it. He's, he's proof in the pudding, isn't it? He's done so well. Yeah. Was it, was it, was it, was it, who was there at Celtic when they were on open goal, and he says, like, the first day they turned up, he gave everybody like this wee dossier about who he is and what he's about and what he's looking for and 
He went round every but, single person and training was planned out. There was like big projectors and that when he turned up to training and Aye, he changed, he changed a lot of things, eh? But I was still For me as well, was like my first full-time <laughs> full job. job to be there was brilliant, man. Like I say, you guys at Jack that had been at massive clubs, Glenn Driscoll, who was like the head of science and medicine, so he was like the, the boss of all the fitness coaches and physios. He was, he'd been at Chelsea and Swansea and everywhere, with Liverpool with Brendan, and he was amazing to work with. Tim Williamson, the physio, John Curry, the fitness coach, who'd been there before, but you know, just the standard of staff is brilliant and plenty to learn from did, them. Did you meet Brendan then? Did you meet Mr. Rogers himself? And aye, aye, aye. So he used to come in, he'd been in the gym every morning. And, was uh, he? Aye, yeah, he lost a lot of weight, yeah. Cammy, yeah. Remember when he first joined? Um, he was really, he was really uh, <coughs> an East training, do you know what I mean? He'd been in the morning and um, sometimes after at the end of the day as well. So he liked yeah. to keep himself in good nick. Chris Davies as well, his assistant, he, he was an absolute legend, uh, he, probably one of the best coaches I've ever worked with, uh, just his enthusiasm, just the way he delivered training was brilliant, do you know what I mean, just... He took him with him to Leicester, didn't he, as well, Chris Davies, aye, aye. Uh, as well I as... Uh, Brendan Rodgers like, came up here to buy all the property, I thought that's what he done, <laughs> he buy hers and hers of property and then fucked off to uh, Leicester. <laughs> Cammy, what about uh, Cole Toure? Oh, what a guy. Legend. What's this, what was the script for him? I was talking about that today. He's a coach. Did he up here? Ah, he played for Celtic. Was he, was he coaching? Did he play for Celtic today? Ah, yeah. He was a player when, when, uh, when I was there, eh? Yeah. I don't know how many played, games he played. Did he play a game? I don't know oh, if he played aye. a game. He, he played, he was, he was playing games, but he... Um, this. Okay, I you don't watch football, so uh, I'm no, telling you, he played a game. That. Man came up. I don't play that. <laughs> watch that. <laughs> that was a good thing, uh, <laughs> Like, so the way Brendan would, like I said, I wasn't working particularly close with him. I was always going via the sports science stuff. So you uh, so you were in the meeting room, it was you and Brendan. You sat doing that morning, <laughs> shit. But was, no was chance, no. <laughs> I, was, I would get it, I think I would get it third, third string. Like somebody would, <laughs> would tell somebody, would tell somebody, would tell somebody, would tell me. Chinese whispers. Um, uh, but but Cole eventually... He started sitting in on all those morning meetings because he wanted to go and do his coaching. So Brendan sort of, Brendan and Chris, Glenn, all the staff, they sort of would, he would start coming in with that, do you know what I mean? And um, he did, but there was a, he just contributed in another way. Like, there was a lot of French speaking players. <laughs> and uh, so Cole would sort of help communicate with them. And, um, but when he sort of started doing, wanting to get more involved in coaching, you know, he was going out to the morning meetings and just listening and learning through how they would plan and set up training or analyse opposition teams or whatever else. So, um, do, you was a, do you think I was a stroke of genius? Like, he's come up as a player, known fine well, <laughs> he's going to elbow his way into the coaching. Like, I, I'm being serious when I say that because the football yeah. world's so tight-knit, in it? Like, like, the, like, even look at Frank Lampard just now. Who was John Terry coaching with? Was it, was it Villa? Hello, John Terry. Aye. Aye. See, Gav, I watch football. Ha, ha. Aye. You look on Instagram mate, and find out all the facts, don't you? No, it was on All or Nothing the other day. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting on All or Nothing coming up along the wall. <laughs> Sponsored I'm by. It's going to say, brought to you by Amazon because uh, I got a message there, an email for Big, Big Bezos there. They were going to be on Amazon Audible soon. So. We are, aye. We are indeed. 
exclusive. Uh, that's where the plug's been coming from. Just, correct, correct. Just, just, in case, just in case people think Jeff Bezos actually emailed you, Kenny, it was some person from Amazon messages, didn't they? And said, no, no, it was Jeff. Signed, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Right, can we see on call to the last thing? Did you see after the Invincible season when, uh, obviously I think it was after Celtic won the league or the Scottish Cup, and, or one, one of the Cups they won, I can't remember what one it was. Uh, did, were you remember in the dressing room and they done the Kolaturi, Yaya Turi dance thing? Aye. Did you see it? Were you there? I seen it, I wasn't there. No, I was in uh, the, I was uh, all the staff get invited to the the boardroom at sort of Celtic Park for a thing after it. And uh, the ones that worked in the football department were in like a different lounge. So I think myself and the myself, William, Rob, the nutritionist, I think we were all half cut by that point and the <laughs> There's a free bar up in the, the stadium, so I think we were all hooked up by then. Did it feel Imagine. weird? Did it feel weird celebrating a Celtic win? If you know what I mean? If, like being a Rangers fan, did it feel quite weird? Not really, because... Oh, you're celebrating your work, aren't you? You're celebrating uh, your accomplishment uh, yeah, you, you don't just see the club. It's not just about the club doing well. It's the people that are putting in the work every single day. So, you know, so uh-huh. you're celebrating for them. And, and, you know, the manager, the coaches, the players. Um, and your part, and you've played that bit. My, my part was particularly very small, but you're still being a part of it. Oh, so it's nice, then. Just they have got their protein fee for business for you, Kami. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and between the three of us, we know that that contributes towards the you know the repair and regrowth and function. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you're a traitor bastard, so done. <laughs> 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 uh, right, so from Celtic, you then moved to Kelly. No. Is that right? So I remember, I don't know if this was at the time where you were working with uh, maybe Rangers ladies and youth and yeah. Kelly, but I remember you like talking about your uh, commute and stuff like that and how, how tired you always were and blah, blah, blah. So how difficult was the commute from, because you were still staying in Kirk at the time? Yeah. And then commuting to Kilmarnock, so that's a fair joint. Like that's... I mean, you just get in the car and drive. I think I was tired because of it. I don't I've just felt a bit worn out sometimes just because of the stuff I do. Like, I get my shift from MS was maybe five till nine, and then I'd have uni, and then Kilmarnock at the time, Lee Clark was the manager, and yeah. he he um, moved training to three o'clock to coincide with a kickoff. So if the match was at three o'clock on Saturday, that's when the training was start. So it meant that I was able to work in MS, go to uni, and then go to Kilmarnock, and then after that, maybe go to the youth academy or the ladies team. So I've been feeling a bit done in, but you just get in the car and drive to one. So after driving to Dundee, um, yeah, that's true. It feels like nothing oh, now. That's, so that's a lot, man. It's a lot. Like even regardless of what you're getting paid, man, the, the amount of miles you're putting in a car. Yeah. Must be a lot, man. Must have been yeah. knackered at the end of the day. I know, but for for me, for the time, it was enjoying it. Worth its weight in gold and experience for me as well. Uh-huh. They didn't have a fitness coach there, so it was just me. And um, it started off, they just wanted me to do just simple things. I think it was just some, some of the GPS work and for piss tests or something like that for the players before training. And then um, some glamorous like that, do you know what I mean? And then but Lee McCulloch and Peter Levin were the assistant coaches, and they were really good for me because they were sort of like, they were sort of in the manager's ear, like, why don't we like Cammy get more involved with this? Or, then, so then you start doing the warm up, the training, and then you start doing the matches and all that. And 
Uh, you tell them to say that, or would they just no, no. Back <laughs> <to look around? laughs> but, um, so. If they hadn't shifted the training, I probably wouldn't have been able to be there as much as I could have because I obviously still had uni and I had to yeah. for me as well, stack myself. So um, I just think sure those how. things that just happened to work out and it happened to fit and work for me. So, but I after that, football club, Kilmarnock football club moved everything to like, you. It's getting an operation in my knee for. Um, I heard my knee playing basketball and it's one of those things I never ever went to get it checked and then I, when I did it was like fuck you need to go and get a, an operation on the bone so I'd fractured my knee and I, so I think the first day I met the manager I was in crutches I'm fucking hobbling about so I should be a sports scientist can another sport I played basketball I'm here to take football players for you I know so thankfully uh I still, I still went down, even though I was in crutches, I still wanted to go down and try and be right, no, good, good. Uh, so, that was when Kamalot were pushing, weren't they? Kamalot were doing very, very well. No, this is before oh, that. This is before Kamalot were pushing and, and doing really, really uh, well. This was when they were, they, I think they finished second bottom. And uh, that's when the, year the, the relegation playoff against Falkirk. Uh, we beat 1 0 in the first leg and then won. The last leg was at Rugby Park, one four nil, and to this day, it's probably still one of the best days of my life. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, Cali, like I always remember, as I say, you had banter and stuff for your mates, and, and I always remember one of the one of the biggest things was like Cali's a closet Kelly fan. Like you were like die, no die hard Kelly, but you were so passionate about the yeah, club. There's nothing closet about it anymore. Absolutely, I love the club, man. That's right. Yeah, Just the memories I had there. <laughs> The met like the people I met the kept we kept the kept man, you know even now like first from first time around the players that were there, a lot there wasn't many of them but a few of them were still there when I went back after being at Celtic and uh, just the, the staff the players it's just that's a total family club and then to go through the playoff thing with them as well it was amazing do you know what I mean just I always have the always have a, a bit of thing. I've got my, my Kelly trackies on the now. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that day goes by I'm not doing something. <laughs> we, were, we were meant to have a Kelly player on here, Gavin. Probably. Aye, we might have Peter Canero on, man, at some point. Oh, so we were. Yeah. Oh, that's right, so we were. Aye. Yeah. Aye, so Peter still pops his seat down to the club, does he know? Aye, Peter was doing massage for um, aye, players. Still. He was in, always in the physio room, so... Hi, Peter's a nice guy, brilliant. See if you, see if you can get a hold of the kid, He's really, really busy now. Aye, <coughs> I go and um, that day for the playoff was brilliant. Like, we could be, performances get better under Lee Clark and then we played Falkirk away and we get beat 1-0 in like the 89th minute or something and but we battered them the whole game and just couldn't score. And then, just know that at Rugby Park, it was like Saturday afternoon, it was roasting, like the sun was out, both like, the attendances aren't really, really great at Kilmarnock until recently, yeah. and, but because it was a playoff, both of the main fans were pretty cool. Falkirk yeah, must yeah. have brought about seven or 8,000 fans for the away stand, so it was just random, do you know what I mean? And it was roasting. And, were, uh, you, were you in the, in the first team changing and stuff like that? Were you writing? Uh, so that, was a, oh, that, yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing because Lee Clark, had, um, he'd been in this situation by clubs before uh-huh. in England, Birmingham and all that, and uh, but he'd uh, They'd um, a projector up and they had uh, messages for all the players' families, like their wives and all that. Just sort of like, you better win. 
we've got a mortgage to pay and <laughs> so, um, Why have you gone part time and <laughs> so that was uh, that was amazing they went out and two nil up after ten minutes. But there was you could just have a feeling that I had this I remember seeing the kit man in the after the warm-up I was like, I just have a feeling that Falkirk looked dead sluggish and Kelly were, we were sharp and we sort of we knew that we'd played better than them first time around and I've done the business, thankfully. I, I think that would have been aye. That would make you love a club forever, having that experience. That was great time. It's the second to run, you kind of get that experience, you kind of yeah. buy it. Like, I remember Lee McCulloch saying to me after it as well, because we, 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 we were out after that, do you know what I mean? Still in a fucking kit. Oh, no, no. Everybody, <laughs> and, um, I love you, I remember, man. You're the best. I remember we were walking, I don't know where we were there, we were walking to, I had a fucking shift in M&S the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad done not turn and came down and picked my car up. Or he said he'd come and pick me up and take me to work in the morning. Oh no! Um, man. But uh, I remember what, I just I remember walking to where this pub we were going to, and it, Lee McCulloch was like, "That's just for a relegation playoff. That buzz you're getting. That you, ah, just, nice. That's you know on a cup or anything. Do you know what I mean? And I just remember. Like, right, Lee. I just let me enjoy the moment. Uh, yeah, what that was, was, was what Lee McCulloch like? What was Lee McCulloch like? Was it was it quite cool? Was he? I legend is brilliant. Really good with me as well. Like just really supportive and really f- just helped me. Like helped me get used to the environment and made things easier for me a bit as well because he's the way he is. He's so, he's fun. And I remember, oh, I'm still cringe about this. So we came in. We they'd had a game right, and I wasn't really doing first team games at the time. And there was a player that the manager used to slaughter all the time, right? Oh, no. I was still wasn't really sure, but. But he played the, the player during the match and so I'm sitting in the office and they're talking about the game and I'm just sort of sitting there doing my reports or whatever and then they were talking about this player and then I just sort of made a comment like I, I'm, I'm surprised he played at the weekend and Lee Clark just looked at me man like his face went red and he just looked at me man, like just, and he was nuts and he just looked just gave me this look and I'm just like my, then my face went red because I was like I shouldn't have said that and my face yeah. went <laughs> Beamer, like, completely red. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to fucking batter me. <laughs> and then it's just pure silence in the office. Then it was like, if you imagine a square, it was like the manager in one corner, then Jig, then I was sort of in the middle. And then it was the goalie coach and the other coach. And uh, thankfully, Jig just started giggling. And then I just, he just got a fucking, he was like, oh, but do you know Cammy? Do you know play him? No. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Then, see, see, like, that experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, like, do, do you know, just go, I don't know, it's just mad. Like, how old are you now? Like, how, how old were you then, even? How old were you when you uh, made yeah, that I'm comment? 22, 23 then? I'm 23. 22. So, you see that comment and you think, oh, I just wish there was a big hole. You just wanted, I just wanted the ground to swallow up. Especially when he used to, it was probably a couple of seconds, but it felt like hours. Maybe seen it, and then looking at me, looking at the manager, and the manager's face is just dead pan. I've never been in a situation that serious, but see a situation that serious now, I would just go, Well, should you have? Like, I would embrace it because I'm old enough now to go, I'm old enough to know, go, Well, I've said that now, so I might as well just take the backlash that's coming and embrace it and go, Well, my opinion is he's a lazy bastard. (laughs) <laughs> if you don't believe that, you're that was the day. But, that was, but then, never know. No, that no. was the day I learned to uh, keep your opinion to yourself. Unless you're not. <laughs> uh-huh, definitely. Yeah. I've learned that. I learned that at a young age. But still does the still does the affect no, you. No, it doesn't. No, no, it does not. Cammy, um, 
see the game at Robbie Park? Was that the game Greg Kilty scored a double? Aye, that's the one. That's what, I remember that game, actually. Kilty scored a double. I think uh, Miles Adson scored and then Boyd, Chris Boyd scored. She's just on Chris Boyd, so that's probably one of the players like who was you were quite close to yeah, the team. More experienced player and they just kind of it kind of helps you quite a lot, do you think? Yeah, I definitely like. Whoa. It helped me. It helps you. It helped me in a roundabout way because he absolutely hates fitness coaches and sports scientists. Oh, does he? Because <laughs> he loves the pies, eh? Why does he get this reputation of being like, lazy? He was a really. He was a good pro, and he always. He's a good football up. player. That's the end he's of the day. Good, that's what you need. Though. Amazing player. And, yeah, yeah. He took. He didn't really. He just did, he wasn't into the whole sports science thing. So he really did test you, do you know what I mean? But it made me 10 times better at my job and gave me a thick skin. Like, there was nothing, any, any, see, at every other club I went to, there was nobody that could get under my skin anymore because he pushed you fucking slaughtered me so many times that it just. What kind of, what kind of things would they say? What would they say to you? Just, you'd be doing your warm up and like, nice. fucking fish, man. So <laughs> <laughs> much fucking fish or something. Just, I'm, I'm trying to keep it going and fucking. Did you ever go, shut it, Fatty? Like, you'd be like, can't wait for Dave, I threw this at you. And I'm like, fuck. See, like, Boyd is a person that he's got his own podcast now as well, hasn't he? Aye. Seems like such a cool guy. Definitely, aye. My Paul's nephew, he... He plays it. I think he's under under nines. So now they do like it's two thousand and whatever's and like boxing and that sort of generation. He's nine, and we went to a tournament down at uh, I think it was Air or something like that. And it was all youth. And Chris Boyd was there to present all the trophies yeah. and stuff like that. Well, that's magic to see such a player. Like, he's really an absolute Scottish football man. Like lots of stuff for the community and all that. And aye. He doesn't work for food banks as well, did he? Like, Aye, he's there trying to help everybody. He's really involved about Ayrshire for the community and stuff, and Aye. big advocate for uh, mental health and stuff, particularly in sport, because football is quite, can be a, quite vile and sinister at times, so Boyd was really good for that. But um, but on a personal level for me as well, he was brilliant, because he made me better at my job, because you learned what players wanted and what they didn't want, and not to hit them all the bullshit that he'd probably been hit with off other fitness coaches and just being honest with players and like I say get the thick skin but also he did help me like because I think for me as well I, and I'm maybe this where I was a wee bit different I was going to need to think well Chris Boyd get more experience with sports science than I've got with sports science because he's been getting it at fucking all these different clubs so uh, not to uh, lean on guys like that and they, I think once it's just about trust you just if they trust you it'll be okay and if they, if they don't trust you then you're fucked, but yeah, yeah. Aye, you're fucked. Yeah. So, what was the point where you went to Chris Boyd? Pardon me, sorry. Did you ever go, hey, well, what do you want, mate? Or did, was it, hey, Boyd? I remember, um, like, we were playing Rangers away. We were playing Rangers away, and he wasn't starting. And it was like, so I was, was at half time, and he was one of the subs, and I was like, but I also wanted to try and impress the folk at Rangers because I'd, they were more boss. Ah, you'd left. Uh, 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 so I was uh, like, uh, um, which 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 should I do at half time with the players and he was like yeah, he sat with me and we we'll do this one we'll do this one and then he, but because he was there as well he sort of made sure just helped me just helped me make sure that the uh, other players were doing well with it, doing it and it, it was just gave me just helped give you a wee bit of confidence especially because you were in the middle of Ibrox and all them people uh-huh. uh, 
Yeah, you just impact as well. I know. Just, so just uh, we things like that. Just to come in and see it. it was really good. Really I remember. Good. I remember watching games and like see if I knew Kelly were playing. See if Kelly were playing Celtic or Rangers. Whatever. I'd be watching the game. What like, every time it cut to somebody who was near the bench, I thought, "That's Kelly." Yo, that's my that's my power, Terry. Did you care? Did you? <laughs> 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 but uh, I read on. Uh, I think it was, it was Dundee Football Club's uh, official page website. They posted. So were you that were you end up the head of sport, science, and medic uh, medicine at Kilmarnock? So after the Celtic thing, I went back in because they needed somebody to head up their science and medical department for the academy. Um, and because I was known because I'd been there the first team for the playoffs and that, uh, and Lee McCulloch had became the manager at the time, it was just like, just get Cammy back sort of thing. So um, yeah, I went back there and I was working with the sort of academy, but also the under 20s like reserve slash reserve team, um, which was brilliant. I loved Andy Millen, who, who's a... He was a reserve manager at the time. He's now the assistant manager, but working with him was brilliant again. Just a guy that you just learn from. His experience was unbelievable, and um, he was into sports science as well. He wanted the support, so he was uh, was brilliant to work with. So, were you ever there when Steve Clark was there? Aye, aye. So, and Alex Dyer was the assistant, eh? Yeah. So, I think I went back in July. I think, and Steve Clark came in October. So that must have been amazing because he's he was. He's like a god to people come on, okay? Just transformed the club, man. And he yeah, had it with the same group of players. Like, he didn't really bring anyone new in. And but he was... See the way he comes across? That's the way he is. You know, he's just... And he treated everyone the same. Like, even though he brought Alex with him, he treated Alex the same way he treated the physio or the fitness coach or the players. Just, yeah. he wasn't close to anyone, do you know what I mean? But, and he just, just respect. Like, he just... He was a manager respect. and that's who... Because he, he worked under Mourinho, didn't he? Yeah, he was Mourinho's assistant at Chelsea. He was at a couple of other clubs like West Ham, assistant West manager, Brown. Liverpool. So he'd been a. Aye, then that's all before becoming a manager himself, and he was manager at West Brom. So. Aye, brilliant. So, just transformed the club, really. So, how did the whole Dundee job come about then? So, were you finishing up at Kilmarnock and then. Just so. Kelly thing, I absolutely loved Kilmarnock and I wasn't unhappy, but the club has changed. Like, um, tension, new manager, new, come on, the, this is a safe space. The, the manager had left, and uh, then the new manager had come in at the time, and it just didn't feel the same. Um, a job who, who was it who came in to Kelly? Alessio. Aye, yeah, aye, that's what it was. And then um, did they speak English? Same. Was that? Did they speak English? Not great at the time. No, no that's, um, I, I feel it's something that really breaks down everything. Aye, it just absolutely terrorises you. Tighty, what was that? Aye, what was that? And, um, I did. I kind of wanted to, because uh, that was after two or two and a half years. I think at Kelly, just sort of being at the academy. And although I still had involvement with the first team, um, I never really was the. It never was my full responsibility. So when Dundee Dundee were, were looking for somebody and just again that closing that um community. It was actually the physio that got me in at Kilmar like the first time. They got me that said, Look, Dundee's looking for somebody, would you be interested? And I um I said bye bye. How does the interview go for that? Does it do you turn up and go oof? Do you know what I've always the only other time I've actually had a proper interview was the 
the Celtic one. Um, was it? It was everybody uh, else. The Dundee, the Dundee one was. Uh, I went up. No, where did it go? I said, yeah, I'd be interested in it, and um, I got a phone call off a guy called Andy O'Boyle, who works. He's a head of performance for the, the Premier League in England, and uh, he worked at Liverpool, like with Brendan Rodgers, Jurgen Klopp, and whoever else, like the best job here at the Premier League, and he was friends with the Dundee manager from working together at Coventry when the manager, when the manager at Dundee was a player there, and uh, because he's a sports scientist, he sort of knew. So he, he just phoned me randomly one night and I was like, it's like nine o'clock on a Thursday night or something. And he started firing all these like sports science questions at me. Like, what do would ever, I do in this situation? See if you get a phone call at that time of night, do you ever think going, that chat? Like, <laughs> I was ready to go to my bed, I think, and I fucking woke uh-huh. up. Andy asked me a few questions and then I think it was sort, sort of like an informal phone interview. And then um, a couple of days later, the manager phoned me and said, uh, I was speaking to Andy, phoned me and said, he sounded, at least, at least I sounded like I knew what I was talking about. Sort of thing. <laughs> and then, then I went up and met the manager and Jerry, the physio. So was that Jimmy Nicholl? Say that again? That Jimmy Nicholl was the manager? No, it was James McPeak. Still, McPeak, right. Okay. So Jazz, the manager, he phoned me and then I went up and met him in the physio. This was just before they were going away for pre-season. And he was like, do you want to come with Still, they were going to Marbella, I think, or something like that for pre-season. So... I couldn't because I was also pre season at Marnock at the time. So oh, it right. Dun, Dundee were going to Marbea for. Aye, it's a popular spot, believe it or not, for the old. Uh, Wait, <laughs> this, this, where's all this money coming from? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a Dundee fan, I would be thoroughly <laughs> upset. Like, there yeah. were two players. And... Yeah, so I went and met him and Jerry and. They sold it to me, and um, thankfully they wanted me, and I wanted to go, and that was it. So it just went from good, there. Good. Never, not, it wasn't, it wasn't left in any sort of bad way with Kilmarnock because, like I say, I'd, I'd absolutely loved working with Andy Mellon and um, Ryan, if, Everybody if bad, if that was there. Me, him, and Andy were sort of worked really well together. The under eighteen squad was brilliant, and we'd set up. Me and Ryan sort of helped build the whole medical department that was in place at the academy, and we're really proud of that. And but it's just an opportunity for us to go and for for me to go and try being more man at first team level. And Definitely, yeah. Right. Uh, well, you need to push yourself, especially in that environment, because if you can go there, then and if, if you if you made a right good job of it, and I feel like everything that's come in with, with this year has just been an absolute shit show. Well, that's what I was going to go on. So, Cam, everything, man. Cammy, like, obviously with the whole COVID thing. You don't need to go into much of it, but Dundee were quite a they were they were under the spotlight a lot for. What happened with our staff and the little quick like a lot of people go and yeah. So how did it come about in your in your own words? Like, so just um, we were in lockdown. We were well, so we, we um when was it? We were meant to be playing fourteenth of March. We were meant to be playing them Fairland and we trained the Friday and then we got the word that all the games were off, all the games being cancelled and then it just kept being sort of like when we're going to be back in we need to wait and you're just sort of following the government guidelines and then obviously all the lockdown ha- happened and uh, then obviously all the ins and outs to carry on that happened with uh, finishing the season and all that yeah and yeah. we sort of came under a bit of spotlight then but we didn't really know anything about that because we were, it was during lockdown so we, nobody was really we're on furlough so there was no 
stuff. Were you getting the really information the, the same as everybody else then? So no, we were just focusing on the players. Myself, the manager, as your staff, just focusing on because we weren't sure if if the season was going to end. So we sort of felt a, a duty to try and keep the players in a half decent nick just in case that um, right, anything yeah. came back. And then um, when they decided to end the season, that was it. And then I got a phone call at the end of June from the manager, which is just, just totally out of the blue that um, myself and Jimmy had been, Jimmy Nicholas, the assistant manager, we'd been uh, let go just because uh, the club was in a better hole because of the COVID stuff. And it just came as a total shock because um, we'd been getting told by the club and officials at the club that they were covered by insurance. So we were actually oh. we were hoping that we'd be coming out of the, the COVID stuff better uh, off than well, what, we, what we would have been. But you know, so you're getting told one thing and then getting hit by that was mm-hmm. was a bit uh, was a gutter, to be honest. There's not, nothing worse um, as well because it's one of those things I think, and I joked about it with friends and family. Like when you go when you go to first team, there's only you're, you're never really going to get a lot of innings. Like you're going to be. You're either going to move on or you're going to get sacked. Do you know what I mean? So, aye, aye. Um, I think if it had been results based, you'd be expecting it. Do you know what I mean? If you, if the club hadn't done that well, or um, you know, if the manager changed, I'd be expecting it because fitness coaches change a lot with managers. But um, because you were getting told that everything was going to be all right, and then sort of get hit. And to be fair to, to Jazz, he was gutted for me, and he. Yeah, I don't think it was his decision at all. I think it's sort of from well above him because sports science was a big thing how he worked just with his relationship with, with Andy. Uh, and he was just, he was into it, it was a big influence on his training and his, uh, just his whole sort of philosophy. So I don't think he would have chose to get rid of me if he, if he had the choice. But, he didn't, I don't know. Um, so it was a bit of a shock, to be honest. But, um, there was a lot. There was a lot worse things going on at the time, to be honest. So uh, exactly, aye, aye, no, aye, no. Still is. A positive person kind of pulls on, doesn't it? Because I, I, I say that I've sat through this full thing, and I have just getting eight percent of my wage, man. I'm happy. Right. I got the phone call. Like, buddy, off you go, off you pop. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's I'm people, just... people that are dying. Like, really put things all. in perspective. Like, you, 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 you have to take. There's just be things like, you know, almost all the players were straight on the phone when they found out, do you know what I mean? And that made, you know, that sort of, again, Andy Mellon was somebody that I would lean on a lot, even though I wasn't working with him anymore. He would say, well, if the players are phoning you, you've done something right, do you know what I mean? Correct. So, um, players and staff are all brilliant. Dundee's a great club, do you know what I mean? He's good people at it. And I definitely don't think that. Like, like you said, you know, we spoke about the old family thing, is it quite tight knit? Is it? Yeah, because you go through the trenches together, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. We could beat a big absolute thump to our first derby, and everyone was right down in the dumps after that. And uh, uh-huh. but you, you, you all just not together. Out it together. Do you know what I mean? So uh-huh. see, one thing I find really bizarre about the Dundee derby is how close each other. How uh-huh. how close the stadiums are. Uh-huh. I know. We, we just walked down. They used to, so we had a pre match view in the stadium, and then walked up <laughs> stuff, and then you just walk out. You just walked down. Taking that's a money saver, but like, oh, we'll just the build first, a stadium the first, here. The first team <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know for certain, but I'm sure Dundee United went away and then came back in a bus. Oh, did they? <laughs> oh, no, you're telling lies. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> hey, guys, we've had, you know, get your bags. We're, we're humping it. 
so, so see, see overall, so that's that's your career at this point with regards to, to soccer, isn't it? Like soccer. Can I so, call it soccer? Yeah. You slightly for that before. It's called football. football. I have, I have, I have. I just because I'm coming up with a right good question. It's off topic here. What's your best memory? What is your absolute? Is it probably the the Kelly thing? And is there something else that you can yeah, that's so hard. Like, that's, if you, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm really lucky. Like every club I've been at, I've worked with amazing people, staff, and players. Uh, I mean, I hope you, I hope you're going to say standout moment. The playoff was probably my the best. It just would the, be. the, I, the I, I thought it would be. But I, I then the tra- you know the travel stuff itself. I used to get, but I used to come home buzzing after my session at Rangers. But I'd just be like. I fucking buzzing off it. It just energising me a lot. And then uh-huh. Sunday, you know, good moments there as well. Just being there, being involved in the first team level, the pressure of it and the buzz of a match day every week was, was class. But probably the best one would be, the, so far anyway, would be the, the playoff week in Warnock. How positive is that so far? More to come. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> Gabby, I thought you were going to say your best memory was when you got me a ticket to to go and watch uh, Celtic Green Mullerwell. Do you remember that? You thought I was going to leave it out, but I'm going to say it anyway. So, uh, so Cammy, obviously I'm a big Celtic fan. Uh, when Cammy was working at Celtic, he said, you know, I've got a ticket to, to go and see Mullerwell at home. I said, all right, okay, brilliant. So we get there and we're like, what are we going to do about parking? So <laughs> Cammy's like, I've no idea. So we tried to get a space around about the stadium, but there was nothing there. It was like jam packed. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fucking flashing my badge, the Chief Wiggum. <laughs> to the fucking. To the fucking uh, so, guy. So, I'm like, oh no, no, I work, I work for the football department. Uh, do you remember what the guy said? He's a very good pal, but you still can't. So Cammy yeah. tries to pull into the fucking one of these I'm big parks uh, and he uh, shows the steward. He's like, ah, if you get a, whatever, a booking or whatever you would call uh, it, Cam's like, no, but I work, I work I'm staff, look. And he's like, ah, I'm very good, pal, but have you got... Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> it's like five minutes to kick off as well, isn't it? I know, aye. <laughs> See, to be, fair, to be fair to the guy, he let us park, didn't he? Aye, it was good to be fair. But that was my... That was my, uh, that was my faulty grace moment. That's the, <laughs> that, that was when I realised, actually, you're no special. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you would think that they would let staff park. You know what I mean? Because you're still I, staff at the end of the day. 60,000 people. Should there, no be, should there no be staff parking all the time? Uh, for players, <laughs> but I wouldn't be very. That was, anyway. that, was, that, was my, Chief that was a great reference, man. <laughs> <laughs> Even my badge, Chief <laughs> But anyway, so you've moved on to the pro football scene of things, and you've now started your own PT business. So, obviously, the timing that you started it was obviously difficult, but you're kind of your hand was probably a bit forced with the the whole situation that's been going on with COVID and. Whatever. So, how's it been for you so far? Has it been quite a hard transition, or has it been? Quite... Uh, I mean, it's been good. I mean, it's something I always wanted to do anyway. But just when I got when I was working at the first team, you just sort of because it just fit me football in general. It's just so insecure. A lot of the guys that work in sports science on and that sort of industry have all got side jobs, sort of these side hustles that they do. So. It was something that I thought something I wanted to stick to or start doing and just so I've always got something to fall back on should yeah. should what happen happen. And um so but I just had to start it sooner than what I probably had planned. Um just given the circumstances. So 
It's been a hard transition just because it's not what I'm used to and there's a lot of stuff that you're doing that, that, are, that you have to do that you didn't think you would need to do and a lot of self-promotion that I'm probably not very good at, to be honest. Um, but uh, it's been good so far. I'm enjoying it. It's just something fresh and it's working with a different kind of person from what I'm used to as well. Obviously, I'm yep. used to, really used to working with footballers and that side of things. So working with people that are maybe a little bit more general public has been quite refreshing. Uh, and your knowledge as well will come into play a big probably play a big factor because you've you've got all this experience of high level athletes and mm-hmm. what their regimes are like and but, oh, but at the same time you've you've got the knowledge of where to start from, do you know what I mean? And how to build yeah. it up to so, not saying that everybody you're going to PT is being a be an athlete, but you've got it there if if need be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean I think um it definitely helps. But I think the biggest thing for me is just bring it down, like toning it down a wee bit. Um my girlfriend, her uncle's a really good uh, PT. Um, and went down to visit him and he, that's what he was sort of saying as well like just take all, all your knowledge and experience you've got is brilliant but you need to be able to just tone it down to the uh-huh. normal yeah. person uh, don't overcomplicate it kind of uh, pretty much so um, yeah. I've, I've been enjoying it it's been good I've got a good wee group of clients and that going on and they're all working away so um, try to create a lifestyle for people rather than because at that time when you're you're with clubs that's a life I think as well, what I've noticed so far is that there maybe there's a wee bit more willingness for the PT clients, like sometimes the footballers, it's like a job to them and they're not really bothered because and there's other factors. Well, the thing is, like, you, players are getting paid for you to be there. Your, people are paying you for your services you know, that's, a, that's the difference between it uh, people are actually wanting to do it you know what I mean? it's, a, it's a different kind of accountability on myself as well do you know what I mean oh, well, before I was always there for the players but if they didn't want my my support or my they didn't want to work with me then you know I can't really do anything about it but now you know, people are paying you money for they, they, they deserve a, a certain standard of a service don't they so um, it's just it's different from that, that kind of way as well. Uh-huh. So what's what what going to happen in the future? you need to try and get back into clubs? Or? Um, I would like to. You, I, 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 both. you seem to be a busy boy. You seem to have uh, loads of energy. Well, hopefully, hopefully I can. Uh, I'd like to get back in. I mean, uh, fucking, there's not many clubs left for me to go to. <laughs> but, uh, no, 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 I would, no. I would like team. to. Have I think I would like to get back into a club in some, some way. There's hopefully. Do you know what I would love? What's that? Love you about a party ten in a row. I'd love to be part of that, you know. Back in the silly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but right now I'd take in, so <laughs> but um, no, I'd like to get back in. I, like I say, it's a it's a tough industry and it's not it does it isn't very secure, but it's good it's, it's what I know and the people I've met, the memories I've got it's been brilliant. And I maybe I'm just lucky that every club I've been at has been brilliant. <clears throat> What they great players and great staff, so um, is it as insecure as what you're saying? Is is there no way, like it's just because it's results driven? So, see if if you get in at a a club and the manager will be like, Shay, then the manager will take you with them, or or is it going to be like you're in the roots of the club? club No, I mean, I think that that can happen, and that's that happens quite commonly, is it? If a manager moves, he'll take his backroom staff with him. So, um, but at the same time, because of that, if a new manager comes to where you're working, then he might want to bring his own people, and for that reason, you're uh, not required. So, 
It's nothing personal about the thing. Just uh, guys, not, the they bought their team, and that's who they want to work with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I say that, that, that was the birth of the zero hour contract, didn't it, man? Mr. Ashley was above the zero contracts. But we'll not get any of That's a whole podcast there. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so Cammy, one more question for you. Gav. This is a highlight of the podcast, right? Take so, it away. There will be um, one that I'll do it, but I'm not going to do it now. You need practice, eh? I should have been practicing in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Cammy, if you could have one drink and one drink only, what would you have and who would it be with? Could it just be anyone? Anyone, any anybody, drink. anybody. Just a magic equation. Um, what would I have? Well, I don't know. You might remember, Gabby. You know, I'm a, a bit of a beer wanker, so for uh, me, the, the, the craftiest of craft beers I can find. Sorry. Hey, hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, who would it be with? Fuck. I don't know. Pulling your leg here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd probably say somebody's substitute like my girlfriend or my parents or my family. Hey, you should have that. You should have if you want. That's the best. Yeah. I, you like. I don't think she would drink that. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, no, Gabby, see you, why you... We drink. See oh, why oh. you... Aye. Oh, sorry, Gabby. No, I was oh, going to say, see, see why you think. One uh, thing I remember about you as well. Do you remember, I think it was in the way back for the Celtic game. We were going up to uh, Gary's house. Yeah. And we stopped in at Asda and you got this like... Special wine. Remember you kept talking about it? Aye. What was, what was that? It was like a, a Scottish wine or something like that? Aye. I used to drive past them on the way up to Dundee's there. I never ever went in. I used is, to it, is it in Perth? Is it in Perth? Aye. Not past Perth. Care no more. Care no more. Do you know, some, a boy in work was telling me uh, about that the other day. And I've no clip. It's the same. Was it? I can't remember. Because I fucking couldn't drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you're not having a glass of right, 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 water. Yeah, that's certainly not what I would be drinking. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If I could pick anyone, I'd probably pick Michael Jordan. Oh, yes. Spend a few minutes in his time, and I think, he's, I think he's, his mindset would be infectious. So, oh, he, yeah, I'd probably come out of that half, well, half cut and think I <laughs> Have you seen the last dance? Like his eyes are pure jaundice, isn't he? Like pure yellow. Aye, aye, aye. Ah, he's mad. Is it, he's, got, he's got a condition though, eh? Is it jaundice he's got? I don't know. I don't know if he's just smoking all them cigars. And Probably. Yeah. Just the lifestyle. I think it was prone to a lifestyle for a bit. So. Was, aye, there was a story I heard he was playing like with the Bulls and they were at the pure peak and they'd be sitting outside with leaning on his Ferrari, smoking a cigar, watching the first team players come in off our coach. And this is his yeah. way of like, getting in the mind. Uh, Michael Jordan's standing outside, leaning. Who would you two pick? Oof. Oh, we've done it before, man. We've done it all before. <laughs> uh, so I said, Cammy, I said I would have a Manhattan with uh, Barack Obama. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just to nice, hear his, hear yeah, his stories. Funny. He's a cool guy, isn't he? Cool that president. Is. He's suave, isn't he? Uh, Ken- Kenny's was a good I was one. Way more boring, man. I just did a. Uh, a pint, like a pint of tenants with my, my old man, with my dad. Aye, so that's nice. Just, I must say, like, I, I prefer the quiet life now, so going out with my bird or my, my family's a nice one. So. Aye, so you'd bit, bit be, rather go for a craft beer, we. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I used to, nah. so I used to have this, I've got, you wouldn't know, Kenny, I've got this reputation of being really bad for cancelling things, and my, my, some of my pals call me Canny, Canny McGill, because <laughs> I... 
Oh no, Gary. I, I make we, plans and then I, I just I, I end up cancelling them or I double book myself. So I, I'd end up having a canny on Michael Jordan to go and Gary <laughs> <laughs> family. We are more than aware because we've had to cancel this podcast about four times. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> oh, no, no. That was twice, yours as well. Twice was twice was canny. Kenny. Gary <laughs> <laughs> be another full time. I've been here sitting waiting, no. just watching me and my light behind me. Right. Look at you, look at you go, man. You've been amazing, Gav. Thanks, mate. I've had the teddy bears behind me, Cammy, as, as you're aware. <laughs> the teddy bears. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Had to get it in. But anyway, Cammy. Anyway, no, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Oh, no, I'll it's tell you, just hang on when we go to, because people seem to just switch off. <laughs> switch off. This just seems to be a recurring thing. We need to tell people. I know. We always forget to tell people before this. we start, don't we? Uh-huh. Well. But anyway, Cammy, a pleasure, mate. Love your yeah, stories. Thanks for having me on. It's good to see the background it's sort of side of things. It's amazing, mate. I just hope you loved it. Cheers, lads. Take care, mate. Right. All the best. Boys, catch you later. See you later. Bye bye.